o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring special guest star, Mr. Jorge Hernandez. Yeah, baby. Fake band, thank you, fake audience. Welcome, real guests. Thank you. Thank <laughs> How are you? you? That's an impressive introduction, I have to say. <laughs> it's taken years to perfect that. Uh, let me get the chat room open, which I stupidly forgot to do. There we go. Chat room open. Let's see if I can do this without turning anything off. Oh, come on. And without using any profanity, because it's a family friendly show. All right. There's that. There's everybody in the... Hello, ladies and gent. Adriana, Carol, Danny Weber. Oh, they're starting to move. Caterbone, uh, Dean Turner, ghost artist, Jesse Peck, Mark Himley, uh, Mark RNY, yes, New York City. Uh, Martin J. Frog, Peter Rahill, Richard Charles, Robbie Hancock. Hey, Robbie, how are you? Uh, let's see. Sasha, who else do we have in there? Uh, Wendy uh, Landers. Yeah, we will write you a song. Uh, Maddie. Anyway, welcome to show you guys, and welcome, Jorge. Thank you again. He Appreciate used to be a screener here. God, I'm red again. I don't know why this is, but uh, I just checked. Like, red. Really? No. To me, I look red. No, I look no. like a lobster. Uh, anyway, um, Jorge, has, he's one of those guys that's kind of done it all, been in the business for a long time. Um, I'll give you the actual bio in a second, but he was a screener here at Taxi years ago, and he just said, yeah, it was screener number blah, 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 and I said, no, uh-uh. It's like, no, don't, don't say that. That is, I'll throw you out. So I was a screener. We'll leave it at that. He was in the 300s. We'll tell you wow, that. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't even giving you that much away. Yeah, well, there you go. they would have to sort out 99 other people to figure out who you are, where you live, and where they should drive the weapon. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, let me go back. I'm excited about this show. It's a topic we've never even gotten close to before, and I think it's really uh, important um, because I see people make a lot of mistakes with this stuff, myself included. Uh, so, Jorge is uh, a music performance undergraduate degree from the University of Arizona. Tucson, right? Tucson, yeah. Wildcat. Yep. Uh, um, as soon as you get to Tucson and drive south towards Mexico, now with your cell phone, they have guys that scan your cell phone, grab your number, and I got hacked because of that. Whoa. Yeah, okay. last time I was in Tucson, I got hacked. Um, he's got a master's degree in music performance from Indiana University, Bloomington. Bloomington, that's right. Hoosiers. Yeah. Uh, spent a weekend there once when I was 17 years old. Loved that town. Really fun town. Um, while at IU, he discovered a vibrant music scene, and that was his entree into the music business. And he put in parentheses, coincidentally, a lot of people from that scene are still in the biz, including Mike Flynn, who's the uh, executive VP of A&R at Capitol. I remember uh, many, many, many of our mutual friends in the industry started out as the college booking guy or gal. Well, this uh, is this is funny. Mike actually, I was the first manager Mike ever had. Really? When he was 18 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I we've known each other since '95, and and the uh, record company Secretly Canadian they started. It was two brothers. They started at that time as well. Wow. They're two college kids that ran the AM station that I think you, like 40 people could pick up the signal. <laughs> and so, 
But that's, I mean, really hard. No, AM things. goes really far. It's just it no. But that particular them. single oh. signal was really, really, really. I mean, they even weak. like when I yeah, very weak. But those guys are like they've done tremendous work. So a lot of people came out of that. There's agents. There's just a lot of people during that time. Um, I can't think of his name, but somebody who used to be like a senior VP at MCA Records was another guy who started out as a college booker, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and then he started off releasing recordings for local acts, graduated to management, then to A&R, and I'll tell you the A&R story about Jorge in a moment, and then back to management. And at this point, he's had artists that he's worked with on just about every major label. He's pretty much lived and breathed artist development from the inception of people's careers and today he focuses on the creation and social media side to help develop artists profiles so what I don't even know what year this was probably 2001 2002 ish somewhere around there there was a Scottish taxi member named Brian Allen and I remember I was on the ground floor of the Westin Hotel at the Road Rally that year and Brian Allen walks up to me reeking like beer <laughs> Drunk is an Irishman, although he's Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> and his brogue is so heavy, I yes. couldn't understand a freaking word coming out of the guy's mouth. I mean, i got to check my levels. How are my levels? Couldn't understand a word coming out of this dude's mouth, and he was like spitting all over me. Only thing I understood Brian Allen to say was, I'm going to get a record deal before I leave town. And I remember thinking to myself, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you're flying to L.A. from wherever in Scotland, uh, and you're going to get a record deal before you fly back. Yeah. So we had somebody on our A&R staff named Laura Becker, who is one of the loveliest ladies that you'll ever meet. No doubt. Uh, just, Still one of my best friends. Yeah, yeah. awesome woman in every regard. Uh, just classy, but like California surfer girl. Totally. Knows music. Everybody knows her, loves her heart and her personality. She's smart. She's funny. Um, she did embarrass a bunch of us. In, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I've got a few of those. Yeah, I've so. got a great Laura story. Uh, we were at Me Dumb one year, a bunch of us. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Laura hadn't eaten anything. She was jet lagged and had a couple of drinks in the bar at the That's hotel. And yeah, yeah, goodbye. Anyway, uh, anyway, Laura Becker heard Brian Allen, the, the Scottish guy, yep. and she brought him to the label that you were vice president or senior. I was head of a, yeah, I was head of A&R there. I yeah. was employee one there, and I hired Laura. And then I, yeah, she brought him over. She was just like, I know it's a little kind of out of the box, but she, she loved him. She just... And he got signed in a week. He was a funny guy, so, so just not to go too much off the rails here, but yeah. Brian was one of those guys that he would... He, he would do the funniest things. Like, he would just come in and he would sing. I remember he would sing that R. Kelly song, Bump and Grind, right. with his bro. He's so, I don't see nothing wrong with the little wee bump and grind. And we just, it would, I mean, he was just so, like, charming because he'd do stuff like that. Yeah, you and couldn't he, help but love you, that You guy. couldn't love him. So he came up in my room, in, in, in my office, and he said, uh, and at the time, uh, Tommy Matola was, like, the president, uh, still, like, the head of, of Sony at that time. And he said, uh, bro. I'm going to get a meeting with Tommy Matola, bro. And again, I laughed like he did. I was like, okay, sure, Brian. That sounds great. And he had a meeting with him a week later. It was just, he was just that guy. Like, he was a force of nature. He was, yeah, anything. He, he still is a force, a yeah, force of nature. He just, whatever he says, it's like, it's like the, just the universe conspires to go, okay, Brian, that's what you want to do. Poof, there it is. It's yeah. just, it's kind of a funny thing. It is. He does have that magical talent. I mean, I, I was just telling Jorge before we went live that, 
about every third year, I get an email from Brian Allen, and, and, and he's like um, uh, Forrest Gump in a way. Totally. I mean, That's, it, he's the music <laughs> industry Forrest Gump. He really if is. I got an email from Brian Allen telling me that the president hired him to be the A&R guy for the White House, I'd totally believe it because he would pull that off. I, I think he's somewhere like in Poland. Like He's got a really big career out there. Like I don't even know how he ended up there. <laughs> But, yeah, I get that email now and again, too. It's just kind of random. He's hysterical. Anyway, so, okay, so now you know Jorge's background. He, he literally has, like, been involved in every aspect of the music business for many, many years. And so what we're going to talk about today is how to use video to improve your career. And I know everybody thinks it's, you know, sitting on a stool in your bedroom and you turn on your GoPro or your iPhone and you shoot yourself doing cover songs and then you send out emails to your friends and they go on YouTube and look at your cover songs and then it just goes viral magically goes viral and before you know it you've got three million subscribers and you're making tons of money off of ad revenue and there there you go so that's obviously wrong so enlighten us tell us what the real deal is so I, I want to back up a minute yeah. it's good just to kind of get people's heads sort of in the right heads in the right headspace for this okay so and, and particularly for us older kids, you know, I'm 48. I grew up with MTV. <laughs> you could kid. almost be my son. <laughs> anyway, but for anybody that's out there, that I would say that's just a, a, an Xer, right? Yeah. Generation X. Um, you know, we grew up with MTV. Yeah. And so to get your attention, what that really took, there was a real high production value, and it seemed like for a while, there, especially like eight, like the late 80s through the 90s, early 2000s, it was sort of this one-upping of everybody just creating. More and more amazing oh, yeah. videos. The budgets were like two fifty and up for right. Yeah. I mean, like I was at an indie label. We were spent. We spent two hundred thousand on a on a video. Nobody blinked on at that at the time. It was reasonable. I mean, because you had again. Anyway, we all we all a bit, almost like little mini movies is what yeah. they were in terms of budgets. Um, and so, I I think not. I think what what actually happened was there's a whole paradigm shift that we all know happened with YouTube, which is essentially that all of a sudden it became less about the production. And it became more about uh, it became more about the idea, and and the execution of that idea, and and I think we've only seen like every even now though you that that whole aesthetic has changed in that you know you have you know Vine came along and all of a sudden people were interested in I'm, content in six seconds. How I've never understood that. We'll get no, into that. No, but. and that and for me I'll be the first to say when that first came along I, I I've been really fortunate that that other people have. I haven't been the one to discover it, but other people have taken the time to get a hold of me very early on for a lot of these, when these technologies came online. Like, for instance, I kid you not, when like YouTube came online, um, this kid I knew, I mean, he was a kid. He called me, he's like, hey, um, he was a kid, he was a guy who hooked me up with MySpace before nobody knew about MySpace. And same kid, he's like, hey, there's this new thing called YouTube, um, and I have a, a conference call with the CEO and the founder. Do you want to talk to him? And I said, um, sure. Like I looked at oh, another it, startup. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like there were like 30 videos at the time. It was nothing. And and so anyway, but the point. So I've been fortunate. Always have something like that. That's kind of like hit me to this. And Vine was the same thing. When, when I but when I saw Vine, I was like, I got YouTube. I'm like, OK, I totally get why we have the need for this because yeah. it was hard to get video up there online. But when Vine came along, it was like six seconds. This is crazy. But of course, that took off. Um, and now you have Snapchat. And so I think what all of these successive apps that people have really adopted, what it's done to the audience, it's, it's made them do this to video production in terms of like that being the absolute uh, paramount thing that they're looking for. That, that the production is, has become less, the production 
quality and values have, have become secondary. less okay, less right. important. Right. I, I, at least for me, I mean, you have to obviously there's hey, a baseline. Look, look at where you are right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Taxi TV production right. values. So, <laughs> so there's but there's obviously a baseline you have to hit, right? No one's gonna watch something that 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 is either fuzzy or they kind of squint. I mean, obviously things gotta look clean, etc. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um. So that, that's the first thing I really want to convey to people is like, and, and I know for people that are, that I would say are, that haven't grown up with this technology, that haven't grown up, say YouTube, that didn't grow up with YouTube forward, uh, like myself, is you have this thing of like, you, you get a, a little obsessed about the production. I would say, for, not forget that, but just remember that it, it's not, that's not where things are at now. Right now where things are at, it's about the idea. Like what do you bring to the table in terms of executing an idea that people want to see, like what? And what is the, what's the genesis? What's the idea generator? Um, yeah, for the folks that are watching, I can tell just by looking at the the room. You know, their their age range is probably like mid twenties to maybe as high as sixty years old out there. Hi guys, uh, and they're uh, composers that, that do a lot of instrumental stuff for TV. They're singer songwriters. They're guitar players. They run the gamut. Where do they figure out where their idea comes so, from? So I'll, I'll give you one sort of thing that I, I, I sort of give to people that, that I think is a good sort of template. If you're thinking in terms of like, especially for people who don't have a big social media following, and you're thinking like, okay, I'm really depending on this video to catch some kind of fire in terms of people. This video needs to be sticky in a way that people will just share it. Even though they don't know me, they're not invested in me, right? And so... Um, and you're talking about doing this with your clothes on. Right? With, with clothes on, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. Clothes on. <laughs> yes. Because Anthony Weiner, I mean, his got shared. His got shared a lot. <laughs> what are what the a odds? name. Yeah, what are what the a odds? Name. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's a whole other what thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anthony, that was for you. <laughs> anyway, but so I, I will say this. So I, I've created, by the way, for everybody out there, because I know we can't show videos while we're doing this, I've created a few Google searches. So the first Google search I want to give you is... Um, JK Wedding Entrance Dance. I'll say it again, JK Wedding Entrance Dance. Um, this one's a few years old. I remember yeah. this one, right? Yeah, so, right. Okay. So, uh, and so, right. JK I'm, Wedding, wedding entrance, entrance Dance. Right. And the second one is Straight No Chaser, 12 Days of Christmas. Say that again. Straight No Chaser, 12, 12 Days, days of, of Christmas, Christmas, 1998. You're talking uh, about that kind of... Movie. I'm talking about the, 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 the acapella group, Straight No Chaser. Ah. Okay, that are, they're on Atlantic now. So... But here's the thing about the reason I bring both of these things up. Yeah. Is is so here's sort of the template because I kept looking at I see all these videos that went pop and I thought what is going on with these things right. those type of videos right like there's obviously there, it's lightning in a bottle we all know that like if 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 creating viral content were easy everybody would do it and I guess there would be no viral content right because you it, it can only be a few select things yeah but what do these things have in common and so Ooh, that's I want to know so so this is what I sort of kept finding with this is that they took things. There was there was a music element, there was a dance element, or a choreographed element of some kind, and they took things that all of us know that don't you don't need you don't need to learn about it. Nobody has to tell you or explain it. They took things that that are completely universal. Everybody knows what they are, and then they they spun either one of each of those elements on its head or all of them. So that's so for instance, this J.K. Wedding entrance has like 90, over 94 million views was never intended to be a viral video. Um, it used uh, a Chris Brown song, mm -hmm. and it was shot by the wedding party, um, 
for unlike unlike consumer camera if you look at that video it couldn't be more low quality it's like one angle from the front and everybody's coming at you because uh, it's a wedding party and they're all dancing um, and it went bananas and it wasn't meant to be again it wasn't somebody marketing this thing it was just they probably thought it was for family it was and for friends. family and friends yeah that's all it was but it was adorably cute right and, and really well they they thought it out before they did it. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was definitely thought out. But but here's the thing about this. So if you look at it, if you look, so what were the three elements? Obviously, there's a Chris Brown song that everybody was familiar with, right? There was dancing because they danced through the aisle, right? And what was the big thing about it? It was it was a wedding entrance. Everybody knows what a wedding is. Everybody knows what an entrance is. And what they flipped on its head was instead of this sort of staid kind of classical music and people looking like they're actually coming to a funeral <laughs> instead of a wedding, you had people acting like they were in a club. Sometimes they can be the same Exactly. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I've married 23 years. I get that. I'm, I'm moving. Uh, August, August will be 25 for Look us. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so you were like 12 when you got married. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was young. I was still, yeah, I was 24. But um but getting back to this, so this this, this idea is that you you know they, they took that and they just kind of spun it on its head and it got it got it got people's attention. And I go to Straight No Chaser because that's actually a story that's kind of it, it's it's sort of in my orbit. They were at IU when I was at IU. It was just wow. an acapella group, a bunch of guys, and they were really good. They, but they were it was so super, they're in their forties and they just got signed to Atlantic a few years ago. So the, okay, whenever, well even I mean come on back in our day you know in our no no uh, it would never happen. I right. mean you had to be in utero to get signed. You know, but this is even what's more interesting about these guys is so they recorded in 1998. They recorded this 12 Days of Christmas. Um, and again, same thing. They they took something. You don't have to explain what that song is. Everybody and their dog right. knows what that song is. And they did this really interesting performance. Again, shot in 98 by, you know, who knows, maybe mom or dad or a friend of theirs or something. It was definitely not a high production thing. And, and as I uh, understand the story, um, years later, one of them came across the video and thought, oh, I'm going to put this on YouTube for the guys. Uh. And he put it on YouTube, and it blew up, and uh, Atlantic signed them, and that record blew up, and they have a huge career off of that video. Now, I get it. Like, these are... I'm giving you sort of the huge lightning in a bottle, but it, it just drives so home. So do you think that will be, you know, kind of ephemeral here today, gone tomorrow, that they've got their moment, but not a whole career No, but they've had, they've had a career now for years based off of that. Based, wow. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. it gives hope. Real it, hope. It's really crazy. So so I guess, you know, I give you that template just to think about things that, that again, if, if, if you follow that, you'll create stuff that'll that'll get people's attention. List it one more time. So basically, that's right. So the elements are... You, you have to have, or, or you should have anyway, uh, an element that everybody understands universally. So you don't have to spend time in your video expecting people to drop brain cells to figure out what you're doing, right? Again, a wedding march, everybody knows what that is. Everybody knows. 12 Days of Christmas, everybody knows what that is, right? Um, there's some sort of choreography or some sort of dance, and then there's a... Uh, uh, oh, and then you spin this. You, you get basically put it on its head. You, any one of those elements, right? So, for instance, at least, you know, we all, I, I routinely am used to see these videos on Facebook that have like 60 million views, and it's some little old man dancing at a party, right? right. He's dancing like he's 20, and he's 85 or something, right? And those things blow up. And again, why is it? It's like you don't have to explain to people that you're at a party. You don't have to explain the demographics, but it's, it sort of blows people away to see somebody doing that yeah. right? it spins it, it again you're, you're expecting to see a 20 year old dance like that you see an 80 you know 80 or you want to you're expecting the 85 year old guy to have a heart attack exactly, so you're right. sticking with it <laughs> exactly. for a couple minutes speaking of sticking with it don't forget 
subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube tomorrow, which is where you'll be watching it most likely, that little red button down there in the right-hand corner, click on subscribe, become part of our little Manson family, and like us. Anyway, okay, uh, so it's got the elements, and uh, but the, you are talking lightning in a bottle stuff, right. and, and that the elements have something in common, but they didn't start out with the intent of creating right. something that's got a chance of going viral. Right. They probably put it up for family and friends. So what can you tell these folks? Well, you know what? I don't want to throw you. You and I both have kind of a numbered list of stuff. No, you go ahead. What, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, you. Um, okay, so we've talked about the production quality versus the quality of the idea. And it clearly is nowadays the quality of the idea is... Oh, yeah, so let me throw just something in there yeah. really quickly. Because cause then I do get asked, like, so what, 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 what do you need at the sort of the most low... Like like okay. what what is it that you should have? This and, and I, you should have this. But I would also I mean you you've got a light source here, and I would suggest to everybody like the the most basic light source that I've seen and I've used personally, and it's really great, and especially if you're doing any webcasting or anything like that, is just get get a get an, uh, a a ring light. Yeah. They're, they're really inexpensive. They look like a donut. They're about yeah. yay big. They can go around the lens of your SLR, right. DSLR camera. And that's really if, if you're if you're talking about making simple video that you again you need it to look clean, get a ring light. I I've I have one in my house. I looked it up. It's a it's Limo Studio 18 inch ring light. I I'm not endorsing it. I have no deal with them. But that's just the one that I have, and it's like under 100 bucks. I'll endorse them. Send a check. I'll endorse your <laughs> ring light. Um, the only negative I can say about ring lights is I've been noticing a lot of people where you can see the ring light reflection in their eyes in videos. There's a guy named Casey Neistat okay. uh, who, who's blown up all over YouTube, um, and, and he does a lot of uh, collaborations, which we'll talk about right, somewhere later in, the, in this episode. But I've noticed that a lot of the people that are big YouTubers use ring lights, and I see the donuts in their eyes, and they—that's interesting. Yeah, because you do. Uh, one thing I have learned is you always want a light source reflecting in the eye. Eyeballs. Right. Will, I'm looking in your eyes right now. Oh, uh, that's Jorge. so sweet. Uh, but I see. You didn't treat me like this when I worked here. No, <laughs> I see this. I see this light. My second light source reflecting in your eye, and right. it adds sparkle. Okay. There's something to be said for adding sparkle. So the ring lights will add like a white donut. It makes you look somewhere like an obsessed, kind of like an obsessed owl. I haven't noticed that, but maybe is it maybe? It I, depends on the angle. And the angle, or, yeah. Right. If you're looking right into it, right. you'll get that. And, anyway, and then I'll, I'll shoot something else at you. Is uh, you know I know a lot of people like what kind of a camera I should buy, but I mean my my phone's around here somewhere. But like the 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 smartphones now, like the the video, and I've used it by the way. The video I can shoot now on, I have an S, whatever, the the, the Edge, the new uh, Samsung oh. Edge. Is that what you have? I do. I've got the original, the, the 6. Uh, I got the 7. Yeah. Okay, I got the well, 7. Well, just wait. to make it feel bad, in another month when this thing's two years old, I'm buying the 8. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't wait for the 8. They were like, you want to wait for the 8? I'm like, no. But anyway, the point is, if you look at your settings, you can shoot, you, you can shoot like very amazing quality. You can shoot pro quality video just off your camera. Isn't it, it is amazing. It is amazing. So again, we're, we're, we are talking about, but I even want to back up. It's if, if you go online and you just look, there there's a there was a band that, uh, I, I think there's a setup, but their story was that they got all their equipment ripped off. So they made a music video. It should have been an iPhone commercial. They made a music video in a, a subway uh uh, uh, what do you call it? Subway train. Yeah. And so they were all playing the instrument apps on their uh, iPhones, 
And the video was shot on iPhones and it looked amazing and it did amazingly well. It, it, it went, it went I, let's say on the lower end of viral, it didn't go like this kind of stuff that we're talking about. Okay. But the point I'm making is you can make very compelling video content now for basically you know stuff something that's in your pocket already i mean that is your that is your camera source at that point and then just a little extra light not even a lot i mean you need something more than just you know it's like, amazing how people don't consider light uh you guys don't know this because you're not sitting here but look at the lights above us my ceiling lights are floodlights and i put a dimmer on it because i want to bring those down because if you don't you right. get you know right. like two noses and bags right. well I've already got bags but you know what I'm saying no totally so I turn those down and let these become the major light source and that's about as involved with lighting as I get um, let's talk about I, I want people to understand that we're not talking about just music videos right that there's whole range and this is really the main reason that I want you to join me on the show because people tend to think I'm a musician there's YouTube there's Vine there's Snapchat Therefore, everything I've got to do has to be like me strumming an acoustic guitar, singing my right, song. Right. Which, if you're an attractive young female, that's probably a good way to go because the the thumbnails gonna. Right. There's no question that thumbnails with females test higher than a thumbnail with a guy. With a guy. Right. So you've got a little advantage, but. But even within that, like even it, uh, just if you are gonna do those type of videos, and by that I mean if you're just doing an acoustic you know, an acoustic song with you and a piano or you and a guitar, Yeah. right? You, you uh, Again, it's one thing if you're just, if you're just putting it out there, you don't have the intent of it necessarily furthering your, your subscribership or you, but if, if you're thinking like, okay, I really want to grow my fan base, right? Even when you make those kind of videos, you need to do something, you need to do something to, to really create a, a differentiator because there's just right. so many of them out there, Gazillions. right? A, a lot of them. Yeah. So like I work with somebody who is amazing at creating these mashups. Um, and that's his differentiator because nobody does them quite like he does. So he'll do things where he'll like, you know, he'll take, he does this year in mashup where he'll take the biggest hits of 2016. And this last year, uh, one of the things he did is he created an acapella version where he basically, he, he, and he shot this video on at home, yeah. but he was basically shot himself singing each part, and that was the video. It was really cool. It sort of looked like that Brady Bunch kind of thing. Right. But yeah, it looked like that, but it was cool because it all, I mean, the arrangement couldn't have been better, and that was something that really stuck, you know, it stuck out, and people went, okay, I'm going to share that. So, again, if even if you're doing things like that, put yourself on the other side of it and think what I what I look at this like is if it's just another person singing another cover song probably the answer is no yeah but I mean I, I've thrown ideas out to people before like if there's a song that you really love that's from the perspective of they are addressing an individual I've always said like and a lot of people are reticent to do this I don't know why but take that song and like you know create the response to that song lyrically like do something again That'll give people pause that are already invested in that song. They're like, oh, I'm gonna check. You're talking this out. about like taking a hit like "I Will Always Love You" and making it "I Will Never Love You." Oh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> what would you be... say? Make a negative response. No, not a negative. No, no, no. Oh. no make a oh, response. A, a response. response. No, not could be negative, but okay. just a response to that. Song. So it could be a tongue-in-cheek song about divorce. Uh, right. If you're or, taking the negative route. If you're taking the negative route, right. right. But my point is using that same song, right, and just flipping. I'm, again, it's, Got it. I'm, it's just an, an idea. I'm thinking. I'm just giving you something like, hey, here's something you can think about, right? If you're gonna do a cover, don't just do a cover. Do something with that cover to kind of spice things up, right? So if it's not a mashup, then 
then flip something in there that's clever. Maybe, again, maybe it's a response to the hook that people weren't necessarily thinking about, and you're still using the same song. So I'm going to throw out a couple, and I didn't talk to you about this before the show. We don't do a lot of prep on some of these shows, and this would be one of them. Um, we've got two people in the audience tonight that, that I know um, fairly well. Um, one is Robbie Hancock, who is a male singer-songwriter from Canada, um, loves hockey, loves um, Molson. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Robbie is a, a really hard-working, get-out-there-and-play-the-gigs, several-nights-a-week singer-songwriter. Right. And uh, through Taxi has become very familiar with the film and TV thing and is starting to see that part of his world uh, awesome. take root and, and bear fruit. Uh, wow, two tree analogies in one sentence. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even plan that. Uh, and we also have uh, Adriana Lisette, uh who is a young lady, frankly, I have no idea how old she is, but she's a, a very pretty singer-songwriter with the voice of an angel, uh, and she's very talented. So let's brainstorm some ideas. How can an acoustic guitar-bearing singer-songwriter that does original material, what can they do? To kind of differentiate the... Yeah, yeah from, from yeah. the millions of others that are out there. Because both these people are talented. And a lot of the people that are on, on YouTube are not. Right. <laughs> totally agree. So, uh, I think we were going to... It's a great segue into something we're going to talk about later. Okay. But, uh, we can and talk again, about I don't, that now if you yeah, want. Yeah, it's great. So, for, for everybody that you just that you just spoke of you you don't obviously you don't live in a vacuum right there's just you there's more to you than just the music more to them as artists as, as okay. people right? right even as people right so i would I, so something i always tell people is like take an inventory of your of what you do whether they be hobbies or whether you have an area of expertise and basically your lifestyle what is your lifestyle take an inventory of that and is there any is there anything in 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 what you're doing outside of music that you could actually leverage for music, so I'll give you an example. So there was a girl group out here in LA, um, and they were doing the cover thing, and they had a lot. Of, they they had some decent traction, but it was growing like very, very like super incrementally. It was just nothing. They they really felt like we need a pop. We need something to go here. Mm -hmm. So uh, I met with them. We sat down, and and I said, well, what what do you guys do all day? Like what besides this? What what else are you doing? And it turned out they were really kind of mired in this whole Hollywood, young Hollywood thing, right? They were going to the parties, they were going to the clubs, they were going to Vegas. And, uh, and so I was like... It's funny so, you come to Hollywood and you go to Vegas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, uh, uh, by the way, uh, at any one time, 40% of people in Vegas are from L.A. I just learned that the last time I was there. Isn't that really? crazy? That's insane. Yeah. So, All the people that can't afford to live here but want to do the same shenanigans, move there, and just suffer through the heat. No, I'm <laughs> saying when you're there for I'm taking oh, tourists, any, tourists. Oh, just any moment in time, not residents. No, not That's, residents, right. right. Any moment in time, 40%. Well, that right. makes sense because we're the closest We're close, but I, yeah. I thought that was – anyway. But getting back to this, yeah. so these – I asked them, I'm like, so are you – you must be like Instagramming from that all the time and doing short little videos and that kind of a thing. And they just kind of gave me a blank stare. And I thought and it was, they're living the life that everybody else in the country right. at their age wishes they were doing. Right. And, and, I, and that's and that's and that even uh, for everybody you just mentioned, it, 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 it still relates to. This. So obviously they're living that kind of glitzy Hollywood life. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and to them, it's their, it, it didn't really until I said it, they didn't really get the fact that like to them, it was like they're every day. Right. When you do something every day, it becomes your normal. But that normal is like exciting and glamorous to all these people. So they didn't think of leveraging that. Right. Which would have been huge. And like one of them was like really into beauty. 
So I said, you know, you should be starting a separate channel with all your beauty tips and using your music and inviting the girls on. So basically creating this sort of lifestyle around the group and making the group sort of the centerpiece of that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, for everybody that we just talked about here, still keep in mind that just the fact that you're pursuing a career as a musician, there's, for a lot of people out there, that's still, I know it's going to sound weird, that's still mind-blowing stuff, especially young kids out there who are like dreaming they really? see, yes. They I, see. I'm shocked that you're saying that, but go ahead. No, but here's the thing, because yeah, here's the thing that I, I see. I see young kids. Believe me, this is something I had to see time and time again before it sunk into me. Because I thought, why, why would you be? But you know, I'd be on the road with bands, and I bands that I knew that were struggling, and I'd see these young kids running up and like, it must be so cool. Like you guys are like rock stars, and I'd just be like looking behind me, like his body. You get to smoke weed while you work. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point is, there is a mystique to being a musician. I don't think that's so funny. I really thought that was over, and now it was no. like uh, if you're a rock star coder that came up with a great app. Or well, that, there's a the real mistake to those guys, not because of the money. But anyway, right. just getting back to the musician uh, part of it, sort of just I think just letting people like opening the door up and just letting them into your world in terms of what that is, right? So if you have if you're doing and again this type of content's not stuff you want to do a lot of because I don't think people will have the attention span for it, but. Give them like a few minutes in, like, hey, I'm working on this new song. What do you think? Like, engage them. What do you think of this new hook? What do you think of this bridge? And and have like show the process of you. This with is the one of the reasons I actually mentioned Adriana because she will post uh, stuff on Snapchat or somewhere. You know, here I am. You know, working on a lyric at two in the morning. Right. And she's a mom and a wife, and, and you know, she has to find her time when she can grab it to work on her stuff. And she will post that. So yeah, that would be an interesting video. How old? I'm just curious. You just said mom and wife. How how old? How old's your kid? Um, I, is she, is I, she still on there? Uh, I'm sure she's in there somewhere. Adriana, how old is your daughter? I think I would say probably three and a half, four. So I I mean so here's the thing. I mean again, we're all on we're all on YouTube. Like kids and puppies and kittens, that stuff kills. Like if you have a little kid, <laughs> you shouldn't say kids, puppies, and kill in the same <laughs> sense. But I get it. I don't. It, okay, it, that stuff. People like we did. I did a Christmas video where we actually we got eight dogs. Her daughter's four. Okay, there you go. So we got like eight dogs for this Christmas. Will, will we did a Christmas? Oh, okay, video. yeah. Yeah, Christmas come early, and um, and I just said to Will, I was like, we if we do this video around these dogs, it'll just like you won't oh, be yeah. able to look. Right. Dog, so, dog owners, dog lovers. Right. So if you have like, again, when I see like cute little kids, there's, that's all over, like people can't get enough of that kind of content. And again, I'm not saying that you, that you exploit your kid. Well, and you can only do that once, once right. really. You right. Know, but we, you, you can't, you, you have to think of a lot of different types of things. So I'm just saying that's in your arsenal. That's your world. You're a mom. You've got right. She could do kid. a co-write with her daughter, or, you know, or, where the two of them are sitting there working on a lyric or something. Or or have her sing the hook to one of your songs, especially yeah. if it's a little funny. I'm not, you know, if, it, if it's a little bit more, it's, again, flipping things. If, I think if, Adriana wrote Wheels on the Bus, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, just... For, for for your world, if, if that's your world, obviously I'm a parent too. I mean, that's so much of what you, once you have a kid, yeah. you're a parent. You like oh, yeah. it's all engulfing, right? You're totally life. And especially when you have them that little. Yeah. So uh, that's something that that's that's there, and people will, especially if your child is really engaging, um, you know, you know, use that as a way to get bring attention to your channel. Let's pimp your kid. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check. But <laughs> basically, make take an inventory of your of your life. Of so what lifestyle. about Robbie, uh, Robbie's a journeyman 
songwriter. If just shooting from the hip here, if I were going to do Robbie Hancock stuff, I would show the life of a single guy on the road. You know, it's not that glamorous being a musician, but it's warm and rewarding. You know, right. here, here's the hotel room, uh, the door opening. You know, another dive hotel room. Right. Um, here's another fast food meal, kind of a day but in you the life. Ju- right, you could juxtapose that though with the fact that, because you know, I, I've I've been on the road with indie acts, and the reality is, people that come to see you are still they're as passionate, not more so, and enamored of you as any huge rock act that's doing a 2,500 cap room or something like really? that. Really, they're still there. So, so you know, get that interaction. Get you know, here's the other thing I will say. There's there's that kind of um, there's that follower sort of effect that I've noticed where you show somebody sort of being larger than life, mm-hmm. people then, they just, that they take that cue and go, oh, okay. So in, in Robbie's case, if you have somebody absolutely freaking out because they're meeting you, right, it doesn't matter that it may be only one person that entire tour. The fact is, like, use that content. Like, it, it, anything that can sort of make you look like you are, uh, like, bigger than where you actually are, where you can leverage that content, it, it actually, it, it will help your, your brand in the sense that other people will see that and just assume that. Isn't it funny? That yes, when we were kids and this stuff didn't exist, anybody who was on TV, you thought of them as larger than life right, and famous exactly. because it took you know making it up that mm-hmm. ladder to get there. Now anybody, including Adriana's four-year-old, could probably take an iPhone and shoot themselves uh, you know some footage and put it up on YouTube. About two weeks ago, we had a taxi member who was having a problem with a particular critique, I think. And I called this gentleman and the guy answered the phone and he said something to the effect, I mean, it was a nice enough conversation, uh, but he said something to the effect of, I'm a little, I hope you don't mind, and I'm paraphrasing if he's watching the show, pardon me for butchering this, but he said something in the very beginning like, I get a little nervous when I talk to famous people or something like that. Oh, right. And, And I laughed at myself thinking, yeah, right, this is famous, but maybe that it's bears the perception, out right and, yeah and, and, and even I, though i'm on this tiny little screen right and i and i think and, and michael I, you just sort of exemplified something that I, I i tell people all the time it's like you're, you're so in your life right you're like yeah. so it, it you're it, it's impossible for you to kind of step out and sort of see it from an objective well, well and, and that's almost a misnomer right because every, you've got 100 people that are going to see you differently right obviously this guy sees you as this sort of larger-than-life music guru, right? And you laugh. And it's funny to me. It's funny to you, but that's very real to him, yeah. right? And so I would say always keep that in mind with your audience is that these things that you find mundane or routine or this is just my life, there's value. There's value in those things, especially if you find a way to frame them I in love, videos. I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that because we all do see – we look in the mirror and we see eh. – Exactly. No, it, that's totally it, you know, and, and – and, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's funny because you know, when I just, as an example, when I came here at a taxi, you know, I, I was doing A&R and I wasn't, and there was a while I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I wonder what, what you, you start just sort of second guessing yourself, right? I remember doing these re- reviews and stuff and people would reach out to the, to, to the screener wrangler and say, hey, this person really appreciated your review and sent a note. And, and at the getting that, being part of that feedback loop, it sort of like hits you in the face like, oh, I... I have value. I like, made a difference. I made today. a difference. Yeah. Right. So, but I and I think it's so easy to lose perspective uh, on That's, that. It's man, incredibly easy. You just made the whole entire show worth worth oh, it just you. on that one thing. So, but I would, in terms of getting back to video, I would say that's that's the first thing you should really do before you even think about. And I know this is going to sound crazy. Before you even think about your audience, 
where are you? Like, what what is what is uh, what is in your arsenal, right? You're obviously a musician. Uh, you're either a singer-songwriter, whatever it is. You're in a band. That's the obvious part, right? But what else is at your disposal? Like, who 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 around you can you sort of can you create a team around you, right? It doesn't have to be anything big or expansive, but what can you rely on? And and I would say in terms of creating video content, that's the biggie. Like, what what is it what is it that you're doing that other people might actually find interesting, right? Yeah, I, 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 I completely buy it. I just, I'm still laughing. I'm going to be thinking about this on my drive home tonight. That anybody would think that I'm interesting because we look at ourselves in the right. mirror and we go, right, eh, right. I, I know him. There, there's nothing interesting about that guy. He's right. going to go home and have dinner and watch TV like the rest of right. us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so, um, and if we're talking, I don't. I'd be curious to know if you could just chime in. I'm curious to know how often people are actually creating video content. Um, so I, I have, I, we all know at this point that people generally, I'm going to see the, uh, it'll take, it'll, like t- it'll take, it'll take a second. I mean, we all know that at this point, uh, if, you, if you're not putting it, I mean, it, it, it's no big newsflash here. If you're not putting up stuff consistently, people just generally don't, they either tune out or just not coming back. So I know a lot of people sort of feel like, well, what's the, what's the magic number here, right? Um, this is just my feeling. My, my feeling is you should, you should be posting the bare minimum, in my opinion, you should be posting something once a month at the absolute bare minimum. Um, and then it, I, the obvious question is, well, how much more above that? And I would say, however much, however more uh, content you can create, you should be doing. If you have the bandwidth to be putting out content on a weekly basis, you should be doing it because it's incredibly compelling. Uh, uh, it's incredibly compelling to your audience. So just to give you an idea, I, yeah, to, to give you an idea of this. So I, I wanted to. I obviously know this intuitively because I've been working uh, on this for so long. But I, I thought, is there, is there a number that somebody could give me? So again, another Google search for you if you want to read the whole article. But there's a Psychology Today article, video versus text. So if you just put Psychology Today, video versus text, in, in your old Google there, it'll it'll pull up the whole article. And something that I that kind of was really mind blowing is that individuals process video 60 times faster than text. Wow. And basically the difference between video and text, again, I don't, I don't want to go into in depth in this article, you can read it for yourselves, um, is that video makes an emotional connection, whereas text is more of a cerebral one. And so as artists, obviously the connection you're trying to make is an emotional one, right? And it also goes, you know, a lot of us, I think, disparagingly say, well, of course people like video, it's because it's lazy. It's not so much that it's lazy, but as human beings, we're, we're just wired for efficiency, right? So your brain, given the choice, is going to be like, okay, that takes a lot less brain power. I'm doing that, mm-hmm. right? It's just, you, we're wired to be predisposed to video versus text, just from an efficiency standpoint, right? So, uh, th- th- and, and, and again, these, the, the attention spans of, of our audiences are getting, we all know that, are getting yeah. shorter and shorter and shorter. So my, my thing is, is the, sort of the, the balance here is creating compelling content while also having some, uh, I don't know the word respect, but basically you, you need to acknowledge the fact that you can't, you can't be out there just expecting your audiences to be engaged for, it sounds awful, for minutes at a time, four, well, five, six, Here's seven. the irony of what we're doing right it's now. 90 it, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and frankly, if but I stayed on here. this is It's true, but people will watch right. the archive of it for 90 minutes. Right. It's and amazing. It is mind-blowing it is to mind-blowing. me. I mean, I, I couldn't watch, you know, like, 
you know, Jimmy Fallon for 90 right. minutes is pushing it. Um, well, th this is so for all of you that I saw a few people say that they're they have YouTube channels. So if you haven't already, it's something you really should do. Um, go into your into your channel, um, to your dashboard, and go into your analytics. If you have not gone in your analytics, you really need to. Um, and something that you'll find interesting is look at the engagement on any single one of your videos. And if you have a video, um, let me just say. Uh, in a range of say two and a half to four minutes, mm -hmm. I think you 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 can you can see you can see a graph that shows you where your engagement kind of peaks and where it drops off, and and I'm without even knowing what you're putting up there, assuming that it's a it's song form and you're in that time range, you're gonna see this stuff like die a horrible death after about like that minute-ish to minute and a half, right? Because that's right after the first crappy chorus. Right. <laughs> if it's a really good chorus, the engagement will still yep. hang in. So here's the, here's the, I, and I kid you not, that I, I know some professional songwriters that are super aware of this and are like, you know, we should start just writing minute and a half songs, which I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy, but. but or not doing a 45 second intro. Right, might exactly, help. that might help too. But anyway, the point being is like the engagement, and again, look at your videos. You'll see um, the engage, and it's not just you; it's everybody. The engagement's not really high because a lot of people generally tune out. And obviously, mm -hmm. there's a hierarchy of your audience, right? Your super fans are going to be there to like that last little thing, and then as you go on down, the most passive of fans is probably out in a minute, whatever. But the point I'm making is, even like a you know traditional video for a music video, people are checking out a lot earlier than you think. Um, and if you look at your YouTube channel, you can find that. You can find a lot of other great stuff like where where are all these views coming from? Where in the world are they coming from? Um, what English-speaking countries, for the most part, is what I find with right, it. With this, right. Yeah. right. And then you can look at your demographic, all of that stuff. And, and I think that sort of leads well into like, okay. Let's talk about the demographic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Here, here's a great example. My wife is passionate about a particular part of history and so she spent like a year and a half and probably a couple thousand dollars on books learning everything a human being could learn about this history and then hooked up with a tour company and was putting together a, a tour of stuff in israel historical stuff in israel and not biblical ancient stuff and she poured her heart and soul into it and then one day she said all right I got to start marketing this thing, and she didn't have a market. She didn't understand who her demographic was. Right. It was a classic case of not thinking about the demographic before she created the product. Right. Uh, so now she does, and she's going back and repairing that. It is fixable. But what about these guys when they're doing videos? What do they need to understand about their demographic? So, well, I, I, again, I think they're, they're, anything that you're using right now that gives you the option to find what your audience is, for instance, YouTube, like we're talking about. People think they, they know who their audience right. is. Right, you'd be and, surprised. And then they find out, oh, be, look at that. Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be the first to say, even like the artists that I work with, uh, that, that I personally manage, um, I'm always surprised. There's usually some new app or something that really comes down to part of what they do first is they sort of identify your audience. And, and I'm always convinced I know exactly what it is. And they always come back with something where I'm like, wow, that's a head scratcher. Like, it, 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 it's really illuminating, especially if you stay on top of this, right? You might, you might I'll, I'll give you a sort of a non-music example that kind of blew me away. When I was in business school, somebody came, was a really successful entrepreneur, and he talked about um, how he did all these, like, uh, he'd do these businesses that 
everything that he that he was successful with were like multi-million dollar exits right mm -hmm. but they always started as like these nothing little experiments that were like at most three or four thousand dollars and he talked about how uh he had this uh he moved to a new state he needed a new driver's license and he um didn't want to take the test so he just wanted to buy the answers to the test right so he put something out on, Cra on craigslist like I'll pay you this much if you can remember the test and give me the answers. And a bunch of people, he's basically cobbled the testing on. He thought, huh, that's kind of cool. I'll I'll just start marketing that. Like, let me market that. And he created this. He was convinced it'd be like all high school kids and young college kids that would want this, right? And he created this logo that was really slick if you were in your young demographic. And when he started selling this thing, he came to find out that his audience was all senior citizens, right? But it was completely why because they had to renew their license at the end and they oh. right right <laughs> right exactly that's exactly right so yeah. but he it was he couldn't have been this is a successful guy he couldn't have been more wrong about his demo and yeah it's, and it's so incredibly easy to do that like so your wife and, and, and what you're saying is old people cheat right <laughs> I think we all cheat I think shame on you <laughs> <laughs> but to the point your wife and 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 this gentleman. Are one and the same in that they basically tested it by putting the product out there right but there's a lot you could but that that takes time and money and effort right and, and that also can be disheartening if and you, nobody ever sets aside the marketing budget beforehand they'll spend every penny on the production exactly. and nothing on the marketing right budget. so so that's why I would say like learn as much as you can with the things you already have so I would imagine everybody here is either using TuneCore or DistroKid or one of those uh, aggregators to ha have their music on Spotify and Apple Music and all of that. CD Baby. So, CD Baby, all of it, right? Exactly. So I would say, hey, go go to Spotify. You can do you can find your insights there, mm -hmm. and you can see exactly how many times the song's being listened to. I'm always surprised to see when you've got a, a nice catalog of stuff. There's always something like, wow, somebody's still listening to that a lot. Like, yeah. And 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 you can see where this is coming from and the demo. Like this stuff is sliced and diced for you at a consumer level that I think is really helpful in terms of you knowing what your audience is. Uh, because it, it, it's hugely impactful if you think your audience, for instance, is, you know, if you think your audience is young women and it turns out that it's, you know, just to give you an example, it's, it's middle-aged men. I mean, that, that, that should give you a little cause for pause of like, okay, that's not what I thought it was. And that should have an impact on how you market anything. Um, so I would say that's definitely the first thing to do. Um, and, I, and again, because you're using social media and things like that, I'm, I just realized I'm using my hands a lot. I'm Latino, so I do this a lot. You have to excuse me. Uh, but um, that's yeah, right. I'm, I'm Jewish. Do, I'm, I get I'm, it. <laughs> I think I need to sit on my hands. Um, but if <laughs> if, uh, if you're using social media a lot, in, engage with your audience in terms of like use Facebook gives you these you know these little uh, I, I know on pages you have these cool little surveys that you could do. Like engage with your audience, whether it be on, on Twitter or anything like that. Just find out, hey, what are you listening to? If you like my stuff, what else are you listening to? Like find out, like what are the sort of what I call benchmark artists, artists that are like you, right? Mm -hmm. Because in that way you've like, okay, if my music, and this is always a, bit, a little bit of a mind blower, is that you are always convinced your music is something and will appeal to a certain fan base, right? Right. But you might find out, like you might suddenly find out that, Oh, well, okay, so yeah, I thought my fans were going to be more like Paramore's, but it turns out they're more like Taylor Swift's fans, right? And and that gives you something, again, to, to kind of – somebody to market towards as opposed to going the wrong way. And let's, let's talk about um, people that – because we start out the show talking about somebody who was older, uh, and we certainly have – 
at the road rally every year, I would say probably 25 to 40% of our audience uh, is over 45 years old. And because of this paradigm that's been foisted on us by the old record industry, right. um, you know, you gotta be 16 and pretty to get signed, old people have given up. Right. It's like, nah, nobody's gonna want me. Uh, and it's great because Taxi provides them kind of a, a career option with the film and TV right. stuff where what you look like, how old you are, don't matter. But what you're saying is there's probably an audience out there for everybody. everybody. You just have to figure out, you have to know what the tools are to go figure out who your audience is and then give them more of what they're obviously right. liking. And, and the stuff that we're talking about here is is really more of a, a sweat equity investment. We're not talking about spending money. I'm, right. not, I'm not telling you to run out and hire anybody to do this stuff, right? And we should get to that in a minute because we're going to run out of time. We, we should talk about, we've only got... 20 or uh, 30, 38 30. minutes left. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. It just flies by. It really I was does. really worried. He's like, we're going to do this for 90 minutes. I'm like, 90 minutes? We're going to be staring at each Every other for an episode, hour 20. I get to the end and go, man, we could have done an extra that's so half funny. hour. But, but, okay, so, so let's wrap up the demographic thought and move on. But Yeah, so um, uh, I want to make sure I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, I. Oh, oh, here's another thing. So um, collaborations, we didn't talk about that. But we will. Oh, we will. Okay. So okay, okay. we will. Let Let's go to. Um, let's see. Uh, sorry. Okay. Guerrilla style video. Right. Production. Right. Where, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, one of our members. Um, oh, it was Robbie Hancock actually sent me a thing uh, before the show. He said, "Hey, by the way, you should tell the people watching the show, or they may want to check out." what time do we get it on a music video that he did for 200 bucks and i watched it and went unbelievably creative and i can't believe he did that for 200 right. bucks with stop action stuff yeah. in there and green screen and really good so give them some ideas that they may not have thought of yet on ways to find cheap resources so again this takes a little time but and i've and i everything i'm telling you i've used myself mm -hmm. Um, Fiverr, if you've never been on Fiverr, there's a lot of people on there that are putting their stuff on. It used to be kind of a jokey type of site, but there are a lot of very legitimate people on there. And, and uh, spell Fiverr, just in case. I think it's, it, it's F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. I think it's F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. Or F-I-V-R-R. -R. I don't even know if it's got any. I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. But, but whatever. If, it, if, it's if, a resource. I, if you spell it, yeah, if you spell it... I, I always just kind of throw it into Google as just the way I think of it, and it's the first thing that pops up. So you'll find it easy enough if you've never heard of it. You can find pretty much. It originally started as a website where people would do anything for five bucks. It's more than that now. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> stop. <laughs> people will do some wacky stuff for five bucks. Right, but now you have a lot of very legitimate people on there with a wide range of services. Like I needed a, I, as a passion play, I have this political blog, and I needed a voiceover. And I couldn't believe like all the really great voiceover people that were on Fiverr. It was really insane. For five bucks though? It wasn't five bucks. Okay. No. But my point is that's my what I'm saying. People like of of you can find pretty much any kind of creative service you need like that, you're gonna find on there. So I you know, again, if you're thinking of like I want a lyric video that's creative, you know, maybe go there and and search for uh, you know, animated yeah, for animation, right? Um you could go to, uh, uh, I think, Freelancer. I think it's freelancer.com. Did I give you that one? It's uh, another one. Know. Yeah, I think it's Freelancer. I think we, we Oh, want. there it is, yeah. Fiverr is F-I-V-E-R-R, -R, Freelancer. Um, and then YouTube tutorials. Uh, you, iMovie, for a lot of you. Uh, 
I find GarageBand and iMovie have made a big, both of them huge. have made big leaps forward in the last couple huge. of years. Huge, because I, I, I've used um, I've used really young kids who like can make amazing videos, and, and they're just thrilled that they're doing something mm-hmm. on a professional level. And, and I'll be like, who taught you to do this stuff? And it's the same thing every time they're like, I just went on YouTube and I watched the tutorials. Uh, like, I have a Mac and I never used iMovie, but I watched the tutorials. And again, I mean, these things take time, but if you have iMovie and you have a good camera phone and you have a good light, lighting source, you can make compelling content on your own without having to go to anybody. Um, and here's the other one that being in LA makes really, it makes it easy, but you can go, if you buy a college or university or something like yep. that, tap into their film department. I've done that too. Um, and those guys are really, like, they are roaring and ready to go. Like, they want to take on the world. Um, you know, I, I had one kid who was, like, basically borrowing every favor possible to do this video for us. And, I mean, you'd be surprised what you get out of that. And the, the cost may be nothing. Uh, but again, to the point, you know, you're talking about Robbie's video. Mm-hmm. You could probably make a video like that with someone, again, talented. You, you're going to have to, like, go through reels and things like that. But you could probably make a video with somebody like that for a few hundred bucks. Um, it's quite amazing. Uh, it is. The world has changed. It's, it's completely changed. And the, these, these, the, All those things used to be um, barriers to entry. Uh, yeah, there's none. Uh, right. There's not. It's, it's just like making music now, right? Like the, yeah, it's how much sweat equity are you willing to right. put into I, it? Right. I think all these things that we're talking about, and I wanted to purposely come here and talk about things that you, that you could do, um, but they all require that investment of time, right? That you, you have to really, you, there's just no, I wish there was a magic pill. I would have taken it long ago. But if, if you're not willing to pay for these things, you, then you just have to put in the time and the effort to think about these things. And that's really what separates the, the winners from the people who don't win. Uh, the ones who don't win are the ones who don't run the race because right. they look at it and go, yeah, I wish I had that. Can't somebody you know, make it easy for me? Well, they have made it easy for right. you, but you've just got to do you've, the work. You've got to do the work. And, and, and I want to just hit up on something that you're talking about, which is you're saying, okay, if you're 40 to 50 years old and, um, and you've resigned yourself to think, you know, all I could ever do with my music which is huge, by the way, is, is place it for sync. That's yeah. enormous, right? But but in your mind, you're like, I still want to be a performer. Like, I think in this world that we live in, not to say that Atlantic or Sony or any one of those people are going to come running to your door and sign you, but you can create that career for yourself. You can create this cottage business where you have an audience. You know, there's been some wacky stuff. There was this guy I was reading about some years back, um, Day Job, uh, was learning how to write songs, really loved it, became a passion of his, and he decided... I'm going to release a song a day. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to release a song a day. And that was his thing. And he did that. And it it speaks to something I've always said, which is one thing that I do believe that wins on the Internet is volume. I really believe this is a volume game, game in the sense that if you're putting out content that people are interested in, in huge doses, right? They know to come back and they will come back and they'll tell other people. And that's what happened to this guy. I, I personally think the songs were that great. But he created this whole fan base for himself of these people who were willing to pay for his music. Wow. He would go out on the road. A few hundred people would show up. It was like, and this is a guy who no nobody in, in that that's in the traditional music space would have ever looked at this guy at all, right? Right. But he created he created this for himself. And and I and I think anybody that's enterprising that has com- again, you obviously have to have music that's compelling to people. Um, but assuming that that's what you have, I don't think age is a barrier anymore. If we're, if we're talking about finding an audience, I want to be clear about that. Not necessarily, 
if, if you're saying I, I want to be you too, that's a whole other bag. But, but. Or you know, look, a lot of people in my generation, your, your generation, right. we're, we're not that far apart. No, of course but, not. Um, they're so. They find the music that's on the pop charts today so off-putting exactly. that they go, I don't even want to play that game. Right. And, and, but what you're saying is, hey, you can play to an audience of your peers that do want to hear what you're doing, but it's got to be good. Right. And you have to know who your peers are. Right. Find out where they congregate and right. then deliver content that's going to be attractive. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Basic marketing, and it makes sense. It makes sense, but I'm always, more than anything, I think this kind of stuff that we're talking about is... Um, there's a lot of heavy lifting to it, and I think that's what really separates people, frankly, is just, are you going to do it or not, right? It's not that heavy. I no, mean, I understand, you, yes. You know, I mean, right. yes, it's going to take a while to learn how to edit on iMovie, but not that long. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's not like you've got to learn, you know, you you don't have to learn color correction. Right. You don't right. have to learn anything about NTSC or Palco. Well, no, and look, at, know, the, look at the videos that I told you to Google search yeah. earlier. Those videos are not... Those are, it's nothing what to was look the, at. the one you sent me the other day, the young man who we both know? Uh, what, uh, Will, Will. Will's. Yeah. Right. Tell him about Will's latest video. Uh, I so, mean, that that was a few thousand bucks. That was a few thousand but bucks. But it, so it a, looks like a $200,000 video from back in the day. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to put this out there. When you see this video, it stressed us both out to, I mean, this is not an easy video to, to, to make for what we did. But well, tell him what Will's name is. Yeah, so. Will J. Um, J-A-Y. J-A-Y, yeah. W-I-L-L-J-A-Y. Um, and the name of the song is called Leading Man. If you put, just put that in, it'll pop up. Um, and so Will did this. It's really clever uh, video. Uh, Leading Man, if you hear the, if you just hear that song in isolation, it would sound like it's a guy telling a girl, like, hey, forget all these other guys. Focus on me. I'm the guy, right? Uh, but it, what it really is is this sort of ode to the music business uh, because Will is uh, he's half Chinese and he's half uh, German-American. And, um, and so what he gets a lot is, without getting too into it, he gets basically whitewashed in the music business. And so um, he created this video as sort of a response to that. And it's really, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of this thing. Um, it took a lot of effort, a lot of planning. We shot that entire video, and I mean set up to, 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 to breaking down uh, from 8 in the morning to 6 in one day. Um, wow. And so it, it's crazy, but it can be done. Like we, I, you know, you know, obviously, I, it's not my first rodeo. I've done a lot of this kind of content, but you know, I found the director, I found the location, we storyboarded the hell out of this thing. Will and I talked about it like a lot in terms of throwing around the, sort of the crucial elements of this thing. So we we came in, even though here's the funny thing, even though we came in prepared, um, day of, it just felt like we were holding on the tail of a tiger. It felt like we were not going to get this thing done. Um, but the, but again, look at that and you'll see. I mean that I, that video to me is as competitive as anything. And the proof's in the pudding. Um, we had BuzzFeed uh, pick that up and put it on their Snapchat Discover channel. It absolutely blew up. Like what the the, the amount of plays we got um, and the number of subscribers he got. He got like 4,000 extra subscribers in one day on Instagram and YouTube in one day from that. Um, and his plays went from like 18,000 to like 58,000 and still keeps going. His Spotify plays on that song went from 900 plays a day to 8,000 plays a day. Wow. How long did it sustain? Was it like a... So this uh, is, right. So, so we're still, it's funny you should say this because we're still sort of seeing the tail end of this wow. because that, that BuzzFeed went live um, like on May 30th at like 11 o'clock at night. He called me up, like, like he woke me up. He's like, it's on, BuzzFeed, it's, it's on. So I looked it up, and, and we just started, I stayed up another couple of hours to just see, like, wow, look at this thing just kind of go. Yeah. Um, but, again, to, to, 
I do want to dispel one thing because I can already sort of kind of hear a reaction of like, well, of course it was on BuzzFeed. But I will tell you, I've had I've had features on on big platforms that have just gone thud. Because um, at the end of the day, regardless of how many people are looking at it, they have to be engaged. Uh, and so this is something that did obviously catch and people were engaged and we saw a reaction across platforms for him. Um, but again, I'm not suggesting you have to make video content like this, but I, what I am getting at is, you can make super compelling content and not spend a fortune on it. You just have to. Yeah, that video would have definitely been a six-figure video. It, easily. 15 easily. years ago. Yeah, yeah, easily, easily. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about uh, two more subjects. I want to open it up to Q&A. So we've got like 25 minutes to go. Um, collaborations. I mean, these guys are expert on collaborating with each other musically. Right. This little group of people you see in the chat room, which is at the moment 73 people in wow. the live show. That's a lot. Um, I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, no, good. seriously, we're an hour in, there's 70, 75 people. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and so these people get to know each other because they hang out. They're talking right. about what they're eating, what they're drinking while the show is on, and they've become a family. So now they collaborate with each other. You know, somebody who's a lyricist will write lyrics for somebody else. Um, and the collabs take all kinds of forms. How does collaboration work in the world of video? Because I don't know that. So and, it, and it's, know. it's really quite similar to what you just described. Like we're, we're, so again, with Will, I think that's the, the better example. We're constantly looking for people that, well, I should even back up. I was, gonna, I was gonna say at his profile or better, but that's not true. We've done some videos with other people, but the, the essential thing is that we're looking to expand the audience, right? So we're, so are you always, you said his uh, his uh, profile, profile or, or better. better. But I said so, that, but but that's not true because I, I corrected myself. Like okay, we've done so, a few so, lists. So if somebody's got, you know, 20,000 followers, would Will or would, you can downstream or you can upstream. Right. Everybody always wants, wants to, to ride the coat. Tales right. of somebody uh, right. who's got more going on than right. they do. Right. What would motivate somebody to work downstream with somebody? So I, I can tell you just from my perspective, if it's somebody that's that's really like their their stuff is great, they're putting out really great content. It's obvious that they're really hustling and they're working, and and they're on their way up. So right? it's not necessarily about the numbers or the audience size. It could At just that be time, right, right, okay. right. Um, and, and that you know the other thing is so on a collaboration side, and and again. We, we do this, we, we do collaborate with certain people where I intuitively know like, eh, we're sort of, we're cannibalizing the audience, so to speak. You know, right. there's so much crossover. There's, I don't know, we're doing anything beyond just super serving the audience we have, right? But it is really in, uh, interesting to note that, okay, we have a, com a, a compatible channel or platform or whatever, and, um, and it is a new audience. So they do bring something, a new flavor to this thing. Um, so I think that, and, and certainly for anybody out there where you're thinking of wanting to expand your audience, that I think that's sort of key as well as like, you know, as you're growing your audience, that becomes the bigger thing of like, okay, where do I find new, a new audience, right? When you have 100 people that are subscribing to your YouTube channel, anything's going to be great, right. any collaboration. It's huge. But as your numbers start getting into the thousands, you need to think about it a little more critically. Uh, I, I see this all the time. Again, I hate to keep mentioning Casey Neistat, but I watch the guy's stuff. He, he puts out pretty much a new vlog that are generally about 10 minutes long pretty much every day, at least five days a week. And that's hard. It's harder it's than really it harder. sounds. Right. Um, but I would say do smaller clips. I mean, especially, you know, on Instagram. I've, I've, well, Instagram, yes. On YouTube, I've learned now that to get your rank up, your page rank, as it were, in um, YouTube, 
that they want to see engagement that lasts longer than around 10 minutes is their sweet spot. So remember a few years ago, it's like, do short videos. Everybody wants short videos because you lose them after a minute right, and a half. Right, right. Well, YouTube is now looking at it going, screw those minute and a half people. We want people that will hang out right. for and seven this, minutes. And this or, is a great format for that. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm no, saying I, no, I, when, I, when I, you're doing this kind of content, this is right. And you, yeah, this it, wouldn't lend itself to a minute and a half. How could you do this subject in a minute and a half? It's not going to happen. I couldn't even finish with <laughs> the band in a minute and a half. <laughs> or the, the fake audience. That I think we spend more than that between that and the subscribe. And the, yeah. By the way, you should probably do that at this point, right? I, I've done it once already, but yeah, I'll do it again, sure. What the hell? Yeah, and then do it. one of these, too. There you go. It's only so hard working backwards. There you go. <laughs> Um, thank you for reminding me to do that. Very high-tech uh, signage that we've got. Anyway, uh, collaboration. So do you try and stick with people that are within your demographic, who appeal to the same demographic, or do you collaborate to expand beyond your demographic? What are some of the rules for that? For me, especially early on, I think you stick to your demo. Like you really need to, and I think, and this is sort of business 101, if you look at anything that's super, super successful, I'm, and I'm talking like, if you look at huge things like Microsoft, Facebook, whatever, they all started really, like they had what's called like a beachhead market. They started really small and granular. Like they had a, one service or a few services and they focused on that and they went from there. So if you if, if you don't have a lot of, uh, if, you don't, if your social media isn't that extensive in terms of how many people are following you, I think you have to get super granular and figure out who is it that I'm going for and then find other people that can help you grow that, that demo. Right, and as I think as that gets bigger, you could sort of branch out from that in terms of expanding, you know, you, who you're going after. But I think you you need to think, and I, and, and this is to me of like, let's just say you do have that that uh, ambition that you're like, you know, I want to play it. I want to play a stadium. Like that's what I want to do. Even if you're even if that's your end goal versus, you know, I I just want to have a career where I could depend on this. And if 50 people come out when I play locally, that I'm thrilled. Regardless of which one, you still have to start here. Like mm -hmm. it's still the same starting point. Um, you can't. There's just nothing to skip. <laughs> no magic pill. No shortcuts. And there's no shortcuts. You're still regardless of which one of those people you are, right? Whether you're like the 18 year old kid that's like I could be Bono, or you're the 45 year old guy going I just want to find my audience, right? Right. It doesn't matter which one of those you are. That that is your. You're both. If this were a race, this is a marathon. You are starting at the same starting line. Like neither one of you, and you're and you're running through the same course. It's just there's no getting around that. We gotta have you teach this stuff at the road rally this year. Oh, cool! That'd uh, be great. Yeah, November second registration uh, night is November second, Thursday, November second. The rally is Friday, November third, uh, Saturday, November fourth, Sunday, November fifth. Um, oh, and I'll throw one other thing at you. Yeah, that, that I think on the collaboration front, which is yeah. more of a marketing thing to think about. So. Um, so I have a uh, I have a rap act right now called Scrub and Asaw that puts out great content. Really, um, uh, this is like I think this is January, the first concerted effort to try to do something with the so their social media. So we're putting out content consistently, and it's not growing as fast as we'd like, right? So we started thinking about things a little differently. Like, okay, well, let's what what do we have in sort of the the body of work that we can draw on something else, right? So to give you an example, they, um, they did this song called Dead Heat that is basically, it's a, the story of it is, is essentially this guy who's completely down and out, who has nothing to live for, lives only to watch wrestling. And so he's <laughs> watching these professional wrestling videos, 
and then he, what he does is throughout the video is he's he's going to an empty ring and he's living his fantasy of being this great wrestler and he's wrestling in front of thousands of people and that's the video right so we started targeting blogs and pages of of wrestling fans yeah and it, it and it worked they started posting and things like that and these are people that would have never seen this in a million years and we had a similar thing they do this thing called plastic rock which is a series uh it's a five-part series where they'll take some iconic rock song or rock act and they'll just flip it on its head in terms of what they're doing in in in, in with hip-hop and so they did one on uh aerosmith that i thought was particularly great so we just went after all the classic rock blogs and we went to all the classic rock Facebook pages, and they picked it up. Right, their their table scraps are still way bigger than what you've got. Exactly. No, for us it was like, okay, we have no mechanism outside of paying for this reach, so let's find something that we can sort of grab onto their coattails. Are there other things that you can do on YouTube as far as like we wrestle with right now? Taxi TV. When we put the archive up on YouTube, we put it under music. Should it be under lifestyle or hobbies, or does that really have I, any effect? I think, um, and, and spend some time on this. Look up uh, tagging YouTube videos. Just Google that, and you'd be and 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 particularly if you have a genre. So if you say, like, just put tag YouTube videos pop, and there are people who read who have written blogs and articles that have done all the research for you that will be like, hey, these are the the, the most active sort of generic tags that you could use in a pop video right right so use that like there's all right. sorts somebody of... else has already invented the wheel right don't do it for yourself right don't sit there i mean obviously but go for current information because right. i've actually done that exercise and you'll see people that are talking 2009 2010 and that's ancient right, right. it's got to be 2016 or, or i was just gonna say more I, yeah recent. exactly i think my rule of thumb is that i like to be at like six months within yeah. this because everything's changing just that quickly when yeah. you do that right Especially unless you're talking about topics that aren't necessarily if you're talking about technology let me just say that if you're talking about technology i realize there are other things where they're not turning and burning that fast but technology issues, yeah, that's that's at least for me, six months is like a good rule. So you consult for people. Um, not only do you manage some artists, but do you do you do a la carte consulting? Yeah, so for people? mostly, so all basically social media management, growing uh, uh, their social media profiles, just kind of taking inventory of like where you're at, helping you create. So your, how your, do you? Somebody calls you up after seeing this, and they hire you, they pay you whatever it costs. Um, how do you assess what's best for them? Is it a conversation yeah, that you have, or do you look at their stuff historically to figure oh, it out? So ba basically, we would. I the first thing I would do is just get to know them as well as I possibly could, and just have them do a total brain dump of this is my artistic life. You know, this. Do is you find when you do that? I, I found when I still worked in the studio, which is a very long time ago now, that people would hire me in between working on big records. I would work on local stuff. I was in Miami, Fort Lauderdale. And time. where I grew up, we talked about this. Right, right. And, and so. Just I, very quick aside, he used to work at a studio called Criterion. Criteria, was, yeah. Oh, Criteria, sorry, Criteria. And I used to drive by that studio in my car in high school, and I, I could just hear the angels singing around. Like <laughs> It was like hallowed ground. It like, was. I was like, wow, that's great. I wouldn't even get out of my car to like even walk up. The, I just It was just enough to drive like very slowly up the street and turn my car around very slowly the other way. So anyway. Uh, I, you know, I felt that way every day when I pulled into Good the parking you, lot. I amazing. literally felt like I am the luckiest guy alive yeah. to be working it's here. Amazing. And working with the people that I got to work with, amazing. the Tommy Dowd and the Reef Martins of the world, just crazy. Anyway, uh, 
So one thing I found is working where I was hired to produce, uh, back then a lot of like guys had drug money, pop money, they were yeah. big, and they would find a band in a bar, I'm gonna take you in the studio and pay for you to do a record. And these guys would show up on my doorstep and I'd name a number and they'd go, great, get started on the record. And inevitably, you wanna make the artist happy, or the band, whomever, you wanna make them happy uh, and make them feel like their input is being heard, but you also become a tool of destruction for them because they can be their own worst enemy. Yeah. And in my process of trying to make them happy, you don't want to say, look, you're an idiot, you don't know anything, do it my way, or you're going to be a big fat and loser. And that's the thought bubble so many times. Right. I hate to say that's it. just like the thought bubble. Like, So is it yeah. still that way when you're coaching people and doing the art of services thing for them? Uh, how do you get them to not be their own worst enemy? Yeah, and, and this is because I've had this discussion with so many people, and they're just, I, I'm fascinated by music business history. Like, I've read all the books, I just devour anything. When anyone huge talks about their early career, like, I'm all over that because I'm, this is a subject that just absolutely fascinates me. And the one thing I absolutely, that, that I think is, is pretty remarkable was so many artists, they talk about absolutely hating their first single. Yeah. Like they thought it was trash. Like they'll they'll talk like they thought it was a throwaway. It was a B-side. I mean, they, they speak about it so disparagingly. And the person that made that record with them usually ends up on their list of people they hate. <laughs> you know, whether it's the president of the label, their A&R person, or the producer. Right. It's, it's very rare that that relationship lasts past. Right. The exactly. It, it's record. and it's really crazy that that it. I mean, it, it took somebody to come and basically just beat them over the head of like. Hey, you're recording this. Now you recorded this. You're gonna release this. It's just, in in in, and I think with with music that we're talking, any artistic endeavor, you're just too close to it when you're making it. You're so yeah, remarkable. It's, it's part of you. It's a part it's, of you. It's, it's right? one of your organs. Yeah. Right. And and I and and at least that's sort of my value prop is that okay, I know this from an artistic perspective because I was a serious musician. I've done this my whole life. I've made records. I've done all these things. So that's sort of like my value prop. Hey, I'm coming to you as like an objective uh, sort of like, like your conscience, but I'm able to actually see you in a way that you can't possibly see yourself. So I could tell you like, hey, you know that song that you just made fun of that you think sucks? Like you need to make a video because that could be something that's going to get and you And do something. people generally give themselves over to you and say, you know what, yes, you are, you're smarter, wiser, more experienced than I am, so take it and run with it? Or do I they, think it's, I've had this they say those words and then try and control you anyway? Well, I've had every arrangement, and, and what's funny about this, I've had this discussion with a dear friend of mine who's an attorney. And we laugh because our, our clients mirror each other. And like, he's like, he says, I have clients that won't stop talking and won't take my advice. And I just, I, I completely just disengage. Yeah, he's getting 375 bucks an hour. Let him keep talking. But you know, from his perspective, it's like, it's, it's not, they're just not, in, it's not worth it to do that, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I, there are times where I'm just like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm just here to just. Like, I, I don't want to be a glorified assistant. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, like if you're not going to listen to us, there's just no point, right? Um, so, and again, obviously there's a trust factor, but I if you're going to do this, I think on, on any level, right, you're going to have people from, from outside that are going to come to you with, with a knowledge base that that may say something to you that you may either find um, not necessarily hurtful, but you, it, it may challenge you in a way that you didn't want. Uh, might make you feel insecure about something, but you need to set that aside. Retrospect is always the the clearer window. Yeah, of course. Uh, we hear this from taxi people who used to be taxi members got pissed off because of three or four critiques or things that didn't get forwarded. They oftentimes, I think one year we did a study and found out that some.
something like 50 or 60 percent of our members who quit taxi came back at some point right because they would save the critiques they would look at them and go you know they weren't wrong but right. it takes time to uh, and i had something like this i had um i had a, uh this gentleman that uh when i did like the one-on-one and, yeah uh, yeah i did years ago i did a one-on-one and um he sat down and he was very guarded from the word go he was like you know I've had hit songs, and he came, kind of gave me that whole thing. So before you even say something about one of my songs, and so I was like, all right, cool. And then he played me his song, and he said, I think, I forget which singer, but he, he mentioned some A-list singer. I think such and such could cut this song. And I listened to it, and um, I said, okay, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I don't think such and such could cut this song. But here's what I will say. If you wanted such and such to consider this song, Here's what I would do to make that happen. And he right. got so mad during the course of that. Oh, he asked if he could tape this. And I said, I didn't mind. I didn't care. Because okay. I figured, like, I'm yeah. like like this. Like, I'm not going to say something. I'm not going to back up. You know what I mean? Whatever. Sure, I'm transparent. So uh, so he taped it. Uh, but he was really mad. was not happy with us. And I even thought, I was like, oh, God, he'd probably call Michael for that. But um, was really oh, – but he did – He'd be one of many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he took my – but he did – and he had my business card. Um, and he emailed me like three weeks later, like incredibly excited. He's like, you know, wow. I listened to the tape again, and you were right. And I did everything you said, and it sounds amazing. And he was just on a total high about it. So wow. I really give the guy credit because he, yeah. he he did not come in like that. He came in kind of like, just tell me my song's great because I know it's great. you know. And I was like, Ugh. I had a hit in 1981. I know that guy. <laughs> I've met him many, many times. Uh, all right, let's 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 take some Q&A, uh, and I'll let us go a few minutes long. So it'll take a minute for uh, to show up, but I saw people earlier asking questions, so I know that they've got some. That's what I'm looking at, Buffer. There was somebody I asked. Yeah, and, here, I love this, exactly right. Demo Love, it's where the recording... It's where the, the uh, artists can't hear yeah, what the producer is hearing. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? Demo love happens to A and R people. It happens to everybody. That that's it's one of the hardest things to get over. Uh, okay, we will write your song. Says question: Aren't there copyright infringement issues with posting covers on YouTube? Yes. Oh, this is a really important thing. I'm so glad you. This is an incredibly great question. Okay. If you are posting on Facebook, um, Facebook will. They are they are absolutely gangster about this stuff. If they have a copyright, if they have a takedown notice on any of your content, this has happened to me. They'll give you a warning first, right? You take it down. The second thing that they'll do though is they will they'll actually block you from using your account for three days, which has happened to me. The third thing they'll do is they'll just kill your account altogether. Now I'm somebody that uses my account a lot for family. I have family all over the place, and so it's like the so that to me is like, oh, that's a no-go. So anything that I, I at this point won't post anything from my page that's a cover video. I just will not do it. It's like Mark Zuckerberg show up at your house and <laughs> <It's bad. laughs> whack you in the knees with a baseball I, bat. For yeah, no, I will not do that. So uh, YouTube is, as you, as everybody probably, if you don't know, here's what happens. You put something on YouTube that doesn't, uh, that, that you, like a cover video, what's going to happen is a few things. Um, you may get blocked if the copyright owner, whoever's administering that copyright, decides they don't want to just let anybody do anything with that. You may get blocked, but that's not typically what happens. What happens now is um, when you try to monetize that video, 
the owner will actually take the monetization from you, right. which is no, in my opinion, no big deal because you're really there for the marketing value of that, right? If you're Universal Music, that 50 cents you're making is actually valuable to them in the aggregate because there's, you know, tens of thousands of people making 50 cents that day on yeah. that one song, and that's valuable to you. What do you care about 50 cents? You're looking at the marketing value. So, uh, in terms of the, yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely issues posting this stuff, uh, these these uh, covers online but just just know with youtube there's more of like a yeah all right we'll just take your money and you get to do there's sort of this implied it's certainly not i don't think anybody's out there saying it's redistribution of wealth but going back to the people it should be going to right exactly so <laughs> it's so there's that but on facebook be super careful especially if, if you don't want to you know if you don't zuckerberg wanna... will kick your ass yeah exactly <laughs> all right uh let's see question what about non-performing songwriters that's a great question that's a hard question that's hard how do you how do you create videos um so wait i want to be clear when you say not you mean they, they're just writing songs period yeah wow that's a really great question i haven't even thought of that coming in here so i'm just kind of just or, or non-performing composers doing stuff for film and tv i've got an idea so oh i actually do have something go ahead you First. Uh, just I, I would be interested in their process. Um, shoot some videos showing you writing the that's song. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, for sure. You know, I for, mean, yes. that's that's the easy, obvious one. That, that's Tell, that's it. Give me something more intelligent. Well, and if you're here, if if you're non-performing, I mean, you obviously have the ability to network with other musicians. Like, get some get some people to cut your songs. Like, maybe even like you know, locally, find people that are maybe in a that are that are doing cover songs that that aren't doing original so, stuff. That goes back to the collaboration thing. Right. Even what a great sales tool that is for collabs. Right. I'm a songwriter, but I can't sing my stuff to save my life. Right. And somebody else might hear it that's got a great vocal that's the perfect voice for that. But they don't write songs. Yeah. And there's actually yeah. a lot of people like that. There are yeah. a lot of great singers out there that aren't, that wish they could write songs as well as they sing, but they can't. So there's actually a lot of those. Yeah. I'll say I'll throw something else at you as, as composers and against uh, a few things. And these are off the top of my head. If you want to have some fun with this, go, go on YouTube and do a search for aquarium. Just a search aquarium. Um, and you're gonna be stunned to find like two hour videos um, that are that are in the millions of views, not just one or two, millions of views, and all it is is really like mediocre background music set to an aquarium. Oh I, that's it. We turn those on for our cat all the exactly. time. Exactly. It's it's the most insane <laughs> thing. So you could I mean that they, they and and uh, I, I the other day I thought, when I saw that, I'm like, I wonder if there's the equivalent of this for elevator music. Let me look up elevator music. And sure enough, the, and, and these videos aren't like tens of thousands. These are like in the millions of views. And so I guess what I'm getting at is, again, getting back to the puppies thing, right? If you're a music composer, like, if you can get puppies doing the most crazy, cute thing ever, like, why? And you had some sort of playful track. It's a great idea. You know, tag that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and one other thing, when we're talking about YouTube, uh, again, from we could have done a whole thing, I think, on just on marketing your stuff. But something I do want to make sure everybody takes advantage of um, on YouTube, and just look it up. You have cards now. What cards really are are just a means for you to tag other content within your YouTube. So you could, you could tag your videos, your playlists, um, and then at the end, you can, you can annotate your uh, – you can put your uh, – your your uh, channel there so people subscribe to or another video there's actually quite a few things you can do at the end of the video 
but use that. Make sure that once you have somebody watching, keep them there. Like don't don't just let them go away on you after watching three minutes or something. If you have other videos, put them in there. Create a playlist so that you know if you hook them into your playlist, now they're watching three, four, five different things. Um, somebody asked what a good starting budget is, but isn't that very contingent on that's, what you're going to do? Yeah. Oh, so you, you brought up a question. I think that's that's a great question. Of, uh, oh, I, I want to answer this very quickly. What was the name of the light source you mentioned at the beginning of the show under 100 bucks? Oh, the circle yes. light. It's, yeah, it's called a, a Limo Studio, L-I-M-O Studio, 18-inch ring light. That's I have that. I use that, and I think it's great. So You know what? Uh, this is how a lot of people, if you want to make money off your YouTube channel, what you do is if you were Jorge, and you then take that right a link That's to a that thing, right? yeah in your information section underneath the video and do a bitly on or send it to amazon so and set up an a, affiliate store affiliate store right so every time somebody buys the ring light he makes three and a half bucks on that or right whatever exactly it is. whatever yeah. it is right yeah, yeah. But, but that's what a lot of the big vloggers do now is they know they've got you know two million views coming up this week on this thing so they list their camera their tripod their it, yeah. lighting and People click, right, and, and, and make and, money, and they do. Uh, and what was so? I, I knew uh, my my friend's uh, kid. His best friend had this YouTube video where, at that point, he was being sent, uh, and not not just. I, I'm talking like big consumer electronics to review on his YouTube channel. Yeah. And and it was he was making a ton of. He's like, this kid makes more money than I do, like because of the affiliate sales and because along with the new phone, they would actually pay him a fee to like feature it on his. So yeah, there's there's, there's you want to do that. There's that. There's yeah. no money in that. Unboxing videos with links to affiliate stuff. There you know, you if you can get enough of an audience to right. give that little steam. Right. Here's a question from Robbie Hancock, the aforementioned Robbie Hancock. Uh, hi Jorge, thanks for all the great advice today. As a touring artist by train and by owner, he means not. He means actually on a train. Right right choo -choo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and owner of a cat. I was wondering what might be some good ideas to exploit both of them through video. Uh, well, oh. don't go for the easy one, which is tying the cat to the track. <laughs> People don't like those. Just telling you now. <laughs> well, I, w I would get back. I, I think that would take some thought. But I will say this: getting you, you, you did, you did just hit on two things. I mean, look, no, everyone. If if there's something you can do on with that cat on that train, that's just completely. That I don't know if you dress him up in a conductor's I've, I've outfit. I got a sick, sick mind. This guy, you know, I can already. I own a cat. Please don't send letters. Anyway. <laughs> I'm again. I'm just thinking out loud. But if if you any, I don't, uh, I don't. I haven't got. I've taken trains in forever. But if if you can think of anything that normally happens on that train and sort of juxtapose your cat any of those roles in any way that you could film that or or, or be a part of that, I think that could be interesting. If um, it's one of those trains with sleeping compartments in long hallways. I would put the cat in a hat, like a Dr. Seuss hat, and then just turn it loose, let it run down the hallway, and videotape people. People reaction. Yeah. <laughs> There's a cat in a hat in the hallway. That would probably get some eyeballs. But, yeah, exactly. I, I just there's. I, I think just um, if you really. And here's the other thing. I mean, I'm obviously coming up snake eyes here. I can't give you a specific <laughs> idea. However, this is a great little. This is what you just put up there is really interesting to think about. Like, put it up on Twitter. Like, hey, I'm on trains with my cat all the time. Somebody like how should give me a scenario I should shoot, like get, and you know crowdsource that from your fans. You you might you you'd be surprised what you. I think you should crowdsource anything from your fans, frankly, just because you get a wealth. It's also of integrating the media, right? So that you're working other platforms on the same subject. Right, exactly, exactly. So I would say you know go to your fans and ask them this sort of thing. Let's see, are any more questions? Or is everybody talking about dinner now? Um. Um, 
I should do a video about what it's like replacing. <laughs> replacing connector, my right. Yamaha yeah. portable grand. It's true. You know, anything that you need to repair. I just went through this with replacing the um, the shower valve yeah. on our shower. There were like ten videos of replacing that specific brand. That's what I love about you. So I think Man. that's a great. You should totally do that. I I remember my my. She's my cousin couldn't get in his car because the, the, the fob stopped working and we couldn't tell where you put the key in. And we had to go on YouTube and there was there was like four videos that told you how to basically get that component off so you could see where you where the key would go. Nice. Yeah. yeah so they're, absolutely they're, anything like that I think for sure. All problems are solvable on YouTube. Okay. Uh... I love this. I make raw homemade cat food. There aren't many videos on it. But there are a lot of cat people, so that's actually a, that would probably work. And then if you're a musician, that should be the soundtrack. All right, one more question, and then we're gonna call it a day. Uh, is it okay to upload a video of a cover song on your artist website? That's from Gloria Covington. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming if you're if you're putting it on YouTube and YouTube is allowing it up there, because here's the other thing that these things it's all automated. So nine times out of ten, when you upload something, you know pretty quickly if the copyright owner is going to allow you to keep that up there. If it's up there, you can embed that anywhere. You're totally cool. You can embed that on your website. Right. So you're fine. I, I mean, I as let me just say as a practice, I do that all the time. We, you know, Will has cover videos and. A lot of people go with um, YouTube or the, I mean, CD Baby or the other services, and they check the boxes. Yes, go ahead. Um, basically, act as my, um, not my publisher, my. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so what they're doing, right? They're, they're they're putting in the, they're basically IDing your music. So once it's out there, somebody's using it, you're taking that monetization. Right, but yeah. then I get notices all the time. I'll play taxi member stuff on Taxi TV where the members have provided me with the music or we're right. making sure that it's public on their profile on Taxi. And, and you'll get it, a notice of a, a violation. Uh, not a violation so much as, uh, yeah, it was copyright material and CD Baby is monetizing. Right, exactly. For, yeah, right. for yep. the creator. Exactly. Um, but that can be a good thing, and it can be a double-edged sword, um, because sometimes they don't remember that they checked that box two and a half years ago, and now they get that instrumental placed in a production music library for syncing. Oh, and, that's a lot and, of And high. they don't—they're not even aware that they checked that box. Right. Yeah. So right. that's a little problematic. You got to really know your business stuff. Anyway, um, what's your website? Oh, so it's uh, I A T Artist. So A R T I S T Services dot com. IATArtistServices.com. Yeah, it's basically, so you go there, you just see a pretty logo, and then you'll see a link to uh, email me, and um, just let me know about your project, what you're looking for. Mostly what I'm doing, again, is in the world of social media management and then creating content. So particularly if you're doing lyric videos and you want to do something that's, that looks actually great, maybe you want to do like uh, some kind of flat animation video, something that, that spices up what you're doing, then I can do that, as well as you know just kind of take an inventory of where you're at and see if there's a way that I can help you to... A minute ago, you mentioned something about YouTube, and you said that's a whole other subject, and I remember thinking we should do a show on that. What was it? We were talking about managing your YouTube. Oh, um, just managing your whole YouTube presence, um, anything from categorizing to tagging to all that kind of stuff. That, could, yeah. we, could we do an episode on that? I think, you know, um, I, I think that's... That would probably fall under like a, a, like a promo episode, but yeah, there's there, I mean there are lots of ways that you should be optimizing all your social media. That's, that's okay. Yeah, so. I mean it's not just your it's it's your Instagram, it's Twitter, 
it's Facebook. Quick tip for you on Facebook, and this is some, this is actually very very current. If you want to, so um, and learn from my mistake here. So I read uh, back in April that Facebook was was going to give brands a um, the ability to replace the cover pick on their page with video, which wow. I thought was like that's great. And I and I, I have followed how they've kind of rolled out things before. So for instance, when they first rolled out video. I told everybody I knew, I'm like, use video like it's going out of style because if you didn't know this, uh, if you always wondered like, wow, I have like 10,000 people that follow my page, but I only get reached like 800 people or 600 people. There is a built-in organic reach. There's an algorithm that Facebook won't deliver that to uh, your fans' newsfeed beyond a certain number. And it's really simple because they want you to buy anything beyond that, right? Evil bastards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. So here's the thing, though. I told everybody to use video when it first came out because I knew while that they would basically open the floodgate and not do that with Look video. Look at this. Right. Look at this shiny new thing. Right. It's yeah. like because they wanted adoption, right? So yeah. they, it goes against them to do that. So now that's not the case. How, so I'm bringing this up for, an, for one very important reason. So they are starting to roll out now to everybody. And, and I don't know how this happens, and I've asked a lot of people, and it's just very random at this point. But they're they're rolling out the ability to, to pages, period, for you to be able to replace that cover with video. Have a video formatted at the right size, which I believe off the top of my head is 800 by 313. Have that ready, because here's what happened to me. So I kind of intuitively thought that. I didn't really prep for it. That was my bad. Um, and then one day, I'm on, uh, I'm on a page that I manage, and I see that the, the camera icon where you replace mm-hmm. was, was oscillating between camera and a video. Ah. And I'm like, whoa, what is that? And of course, I went on there and was like, hey, upload a video. Use video for your cover. And I was like, great, awesome. So I hit my video guy. I'm like, okay, I need this video. I have a perfect video. I need this reformatted. This size. like, no problem. I'll have it for you tomorrow. I'm like, great. I go back the next day. Gone. Gone. Window of opportunity. There's a window. Bye-bye. Right. So have that video ready because that is huge, first of all, for two reasons. It'll make your page look amazing. What's the length, recommended length? Oh, so I think, uh, if I remember again, it's uh, 20 to 90 seconds. Okay. 20 to 90. No more than 90 seconds. It'll make your page really, really pop. Here's the more important thing. It will get served to everybody that subscribes to you because they want people to see this. It's a new feature. So it will have a much higher chance of getting served as opposed to your latest pick. Uh, so have that video ready if you do have a Facebook page, um, because it, it will not only will it make your page look better, but it'll actually increase your reach. Brilliant. Uh, with that, let's call it a day. Um, will you come back and do Absolutely. another show? Love it. Man, you know this subject upside down, inside out, like the Thank you, man. It's a real hand. pleasure. I love it. My pleasure. Great Thanks to see everyone. you. Thanks, everyone. I honor this is this is awesome. This is so fast. Isn't it amazing? Right it's by. mind-blowing. Crazy. We will see you guys next week. I'm doing a oh, I want to mention we were supposed to do Chuck Henry this week and they were doing fire alarm fire alarm testing in his place, so his studio, so we couldn't do it. Next week we're going to create music academy and Chuck Henry's coming up very shortly in like two or three weeks. Uh, so see you guys next week and don't forget subscribe, like us, and we will see you next week for another exciting episode Thanks, of Taxi TV Live. Bye bye.